Welcome back to Dyson Salt. I'm Lord Richter. And I'm Lady Toast. And we're here to talk about episode 113, The Whispering Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I love this episode. I, I got to say, after Zeno talking about uh, Tarbaphon and our introduction to him last week in episode 112, this is just Tarbaphonic. <laughs> or is it Fantarbaphonic? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's something. It's amazing. That's what it is. It is amazing. It is amazing. It, it straight out is one of my favorite episodes ever. Yes. I, and I, and, and Nick, before you get upset in just the opening minutes, I have not forgotten what's been done in this episode. There will be discussion of it. <laughs> but even with that appalling abuse, this was still freaking awesome. I don't think Just there was any abuse here. Awesome. Oh, there was. There was abuse. We'll but see. not by Alex. <laughs> not by Alex, as it turns out. It was Tarbafon the whole time. <laughs> Which is why there was no abuse. Oh, folks, you're going to enjoy it. Or I'm <laughs> sure you enjoyed it because you, you listened to it. And we're just doing the recap. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Alex, it was amazing. Alex does the voice for the uh, entire fight. He narrates. Yes, he does. All of it. Yes, he does. And I, I was I was, uh, I was, was amazed. I was thrilled. Oh, I, was I, I didn't think it. he Just... was going to do it. I didn't think he was going to do it. And then Nick made a crack about, I don't know if he's going to keep, if he keeps it up this whole time, that's going to be pretty awesome. And then. Alex just kept going. Yeah. And going. The whole time. Right up until... Tarbafon, Tarbafon. Boom. Yeah. Right up until the end. It was great. Oh, I loved it. And and what was great is Nick goes for his power dice. He goes, that's it. I'm grabbing the power dice right now. There's no fooling around. This is Tarbafon. We got to take it serious. <laughs> and Tarbafon's being the game master and playing. <laughs> it yep. was brilliant. And he opens up the, the combat with a finger of death. Just just first action, finger of death. Joke yep. on that. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Oh, my Lord. But uh, I, it, it had me fooled there. I didn't realize how uh, how the, the whole episode is he's going along, Tarbafon, and finger of death. And then we get to the end of the fight, and there's lots of stuff in the fight. And we're going to jump back to those various things that are said in the fight, folks. Mm -hmm. But we get to the end, and they, they beat him. And then the plot twist is revealed. Yes. And I did not realize how badass tough Tarbafon was for that particular plot twist. Right. Because <laughs> well, oh, I guess we'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, the finger of death to start was crazy. Well, and I I, I I like the fact that he also has quickened spells. So like, yeah, he'll hit you with, you know, a big spell yeah. and then he does a quickened ver uh, version of another spell and it's like, "Okay, I'm just going to throw two spells around here." <laughs> Oh yeah, Ugh, I mean, I'm I'm used to the cone of cold thing. I think no, not not the cone of cold. What is the scorching ray? Is the no, other one scorching that you did? There's a there's a, a a quick spell that is cold based. Ray oh, I can't remember. Frost? What it is. I, I don't know. Ice dagger or something. I I don't know. Holy there, ice. There's one. <laughs> there's one. It, it's naturally quickened. It's a super fast one. You can hit it, so you can use it. I'm used to that combo, but the. The throwing quickened on these other ones. Yeah. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. That was just rough. Yeah, you know, finger of death. Do yep. this. Boom. Oh, and then, by the way, I'm going to do this too. What? Shit. Yeah. I think he took like 49 damage in that opening salvo, which is like more than half of Uhtred's health, he said. 
Oh yeah, God, that was brutal. Yep. <sighs> but uh, we we learn uh, pretty soon afterwards that Tarbafon is using Alex's power dice, which is yes, absolutely. He grabs them, and I will note that Nick did not jump out of his chair, get into his car, and drive over to Alex's apartment, or excuse me, Alex's house, and wrestle those dice away from Tarbafon. <laughs> he could have done it. He promised that. He said, if you bust those out, I'm I'm getting up and driving over and taking them away from you. But he did not do it. Are, are you calling Nick a liar? No. I'm just pointing out. Or are you just calling him he, out? <laughs> I'm calling him out on it. That's what I'm saying. I'm calling him out. Fair now, enough, I, I fair will enough. say Alex should never have left those dice sitting around where some uber-powerful lich could walk into his house and just go, ooh, power dice, and take advantage of them. That was just carelessness on his part. Absolute 100% carelessness. I don't think he left them out. He has them in the vault you sent. You think that vault could stop Tarbaf on? I'm saying he should have hidden the vault. I mean, he should have been responsible. I mean, mm. under a floorboard, in the tank of the toilet. I you mean, know, come on now. Do you, you know how, how magical the, the aura is on those dice? Do you think that's going to hide for very long? No, I don't I, think so. Probably not, he was but, you know, he could have tried. Tarbafon could have made some, you know, should have had to make some crack. Oh, I fished these out of that lame hiding space. <laughs> and then I would have said, well, at least he tried, you know? Yeah. I mean, Alex can't see magical auras. I get it. That's true. That's true. He did the best he could. I Yeah, he should have, but I don't know that he did. Tarbafon mm. didn't even comment. Maybe it was just that easy for him. He's just like, I took these from Alex. Maybe he tortured Alex for the location. I don't know. Alex came back and goes, what are you doing here? Oh, that's Get true, out of I guess. Here. That's true, I guess. It wasn't, uh, he was surprised that he was here. That's right, he was, he was. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I am surprised that the other guys didn't drive over to his house when they realized, oh, Alex isn't here. <laughs> Alex yeah, isn't here. Think, no, they just kept playing. They just like, kept playing. Oh. playing with Tarbafon. Who cares? <laughs> Who's Alex? Yeah. Alex kind of got sh- shoved to the side there. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, did, I did like how the guys... Uh, you know, after that initial round, they kind of got their their acts together, and uh, Tiablith and Argeniths both stepped in to bunch up, so they could drop some some heavy buffs for the whole party. <laughs> right, the communal resist energy, the haste, and then you know Joe had, was like, "Man, I don't have enough Randolphs to fight this guy." I hope that, that was just I hope that continues to be like the joke going forward. Oh God, because it's great and I love it. <laughs> and Not man, enough Randolphs. Was, I'll tell you what. <laughs> We've, yep, yep. We, he's changing mirror image to... Uh, yeah. uh, not enough Randolphs. <laughs> not enough Randolphs. <laughs> I'm going to cast not enough Randolphs. <laughs> but, uh, Man. The, the bunching up did kind of it backfire it, a little bit. It was bit. a risk. It was a risk, but it, I liked how they, they bunched, and in that one bunch, they got two buff spells for the whole party going, and then everybody separated back out. Yeah. Which Just that good. was... a. We're minimizing our risk, getting the buffs, getting out. It was it was just real sound combat. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the strategy they were using. They uh, you know they did end up splitting up. Teoblith kind of moved behind him, so he kind of had to pick his targets. He couldn't target a, a everyone at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did like that that Tom is using both both of our dice. They're using the dice and salt dice. <laughs> the combat. they were. They were. It was the combo. It was mm-hmm. the big combo. Yep. Very, very terrifying. <laughs> oh, man. No, it was really good. I, I'm going to separate, leave Black Tentacles alone for a second. Okay. Because that got cast. But I loved the critical hit, the decapitate cast by Tom, mm-hmm. uh, our genus, 
the Arcana for the plus one critical multiplier. So Uhtred's just jacking it up. The yep. crit card, which is the surprise opening, triple damage total, and a free attack at minus five. I mean, way to power that up, guys. Yeah. I mean, that was... I. Oh, I was wanting that to be like the, the fight ender. I mean, I'm not surprised it wasn't, but I was rooting for you guys for that to finish it off because that was a sweet, sweet combo. Yeah. There was a magical fumble in this fight too, which I was... Uh, they don't happen very often, and I was really really hoping that my card would come up because i i submitted a fumble card rather than crit card because my magical failure is stupid and i love it <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it did not come up sadly which is I, I might get it one day <laughs> it'll be funny for like 30 seconds and then it will literally never get brought up again <laughs> but uh i'm sure it'll be better than that toast I mean, it literally gives them a pet rock, <laughs> a sentient pet rock. <laughs> That's awesome. It's I, I so could go for dumb. That. That's awesome. Uh, oh, anyway, back back to this fight. Back. To you this you fight. had something it's you just, wanted to talk about for Black Tentacles? I I did. I did. Uh, let's see what else was on the fight that I wanted to get it. Oh, Tarbefon had a combo move. He moved. He quickened uh, True Strike. And delivered a touch attack, which was, holy crap, amazing. 37 to hit touch. Yeah. And then a beefy <laughs> paralysis save, although Teoblith dropped a 32 on that roll. That was like, boom, boom. I was like, holy crap. I mean, that was... I I, I was... I, I, I did, That was a gut clencher right there, man. Yeah. I don't remember if... Because I'm pretty sure... Didn't that hit come after his, um, his like, attack? I think it came after the match. So, like... Teoblith did his full round action on, you know, the bow, right? And then... I think so. Okay. I don't know this for sure. I don't know how the, the occultist works exactly and if this counts, but you can only take one immediate action per round, right? Or am I not correct in that? Wait, what? Say that how, again? Uh, I was just wondering how many immediate actions you could take per round. I thought it was just one. I think you can only take one immediate action. Yeah, I'm going to look it up real quick. Because that, that takes out your next swift. Yeah, immediate reactions uh, consume the swift round action for the following round. I, I think... Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. Well, you can use an immediate on your turn. It just It's the same as your swift if it's on your turn. Right. My my, my thinking is... Um, what is your thinking, Toast? I'm, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it because I want to know if I was right. So is your is your basic premise that somehow he used too many actions? Yes, sudden insight. Okay, okay I think he's fine then, because he used his sudden insight basically to give himself to basically give him uh, a boost on his first multi shot to make sure it hit because it would do the most damage, and then he immediately uses an immediate action on his when he's being attacked to give himself the um, he does something to up his fort save. I was wondering if it was if he had he had overplayed his his turn, but if he did it as a he did a full round action attack, and then he did a swift action, sudden insight, and an immediate action for the the I forget what exactly he used to up his fort save, but no, that it seems fine because he would have used his swift action from his next turn. Yes, as long as it wasn't on his turn. Right, right. Because he did his. When you use it on your turn, it takes out your swift. So you don't get you don't you can't use your swift on your turn, and then on the, still on your turn, then use an immediate. Yeah. So basically, what he did was he used 
a swift action and then did a full round action and then it moved on to Tarbathon's turn. Ah, uh, yes. Then, an, yeah, so yes. He, he'd have been fine. Yes. For some reason, I was, was thinking fine. it was two immediates, but no, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. Never mind. Excellent. I was overthinking it. No, no, no problem. So then jumping back to the Black Tentacles, because mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of worked through the, the things we love in the combat. The Black Tentacles got messed up. Oh. Uh, Alex did this wrong. Oh. When you roll Black Tentacles, when you roll for their uh, CMB, for their attack, you roll one time, and then you compare your CMB against the target, the folks in the area of effect, against their CMDs. Oh. So it's one, one value, and you compare it to everybody's CMD. Ah, you do not roll a separate attack for each person. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's one I've used uh, repeatedly. Okay, but uh, yeah, little little slip up there. It didn't really seem to affect too much, did it? Did no, he, I don't, I, think, I don't think that it did. I mean, people made most of their stuff, and you know, yeah. Every time somebody got in, he rolled for a new person. So for that combat, it was consistent. I mean, no one got an unfair advantage because they didn't change the, the way it worked midstream. Right. But overall, it just shouldn't have been done that way. Yeah. And then we get to the end and Tarbathon goes down into a puddle of dirty snow. Yep. He hits the ground and just smooshes. Because he's a goddamn simulacrum. Which I think you called last week or did Zeno call it last week? I, I called it. I said I was, you know, there were there were ways that it might, it couldn't be, it, I'm sorry, not couldn't be. There were ways that it might not be Tarbathon. Yeah. And I think the first thing I listed was Simulacrum. Yeah. Which, as a possible way. Which honestly is a little terrifying. Yeah, because it's half strength. Right. There's, and he's finger of deathing and quicken spells. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, it just makes me really excited for when they do finally fight him because it's going to be one hell of a fight. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, it's well, be and one especially hell of a since fight. he's now packing those GM Alex AP specific ion stones, <laughs> the power dice he walked out of Alex's house with. Yep. Also, and I have that from Alex that they he when he walked out they were circling his head ion stones. So unfortunately, that's seven powerful ion stones that that Tarbafon now has. Yeah, I. I... Later on, after the fight, when they're talking about like the throne and stuff, there's there's a there's a line in there where Alex says that Tarbafon can expend one of his mythic levels, and I'm just like, that's that's new. <laughs> oh oh yeah, the throne, right? Because it says yeah, expend, it, expend a mythic level or mythic a mythic yeah, power yeah. to to basically make the unholy yep, yep. and desecration extend to the entire yeah. complex. But right, that, which. Obviously implies that Tarbafon has mythic levels. Yeah, which is which I don't even know awful. how that works with a simulacrum. I don't think the simulacrum would get them. I think it would just be Tarbafon. Well, but a simulacrum is half the strength of the caster, so I mean, I and mythic is already rule breaking anyway. True. So you know, I don't maybe. Know. But he didn't use anything mythic in this fight, so I don't think that would be a thing. I, I don't know. know, but it just I don't know. I I'm just scared. I, yeah, I'm me scared. too, because it, <laughs> I heard that and I'm like, oh, they're going to fight a, a, a boss with mythic levels. That's going to be fun. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the AP will take them all the way to 20, but like mythic is no joke. Mythic is, <laughs> like, oh, like man, you said, is, it's really rule breaking. There's some I mean, just I guess terrifying stuff you can do with it. Yeah. I had a, I, I had a character that had mythic levels 
and I took the mythic power attack, mm-hmm. and that was crazy. <laughs> but there's another one that you can take. I think it's mythic vital strike. Oh, God. And that one is even crazier because now not only do you always get your vital strike dice on every attack, mm-hmm. but on a crit, you get to multiply the number of dice. Or something bizarre. I mean, it was like, I looked at it and went, that is so god-awful broken, I'm not even going to touch it. <laughs> I, I Seriously, I was like, I because I had all the vital strike stuff. I had a, I built him as a, a cleaver, uh, a cleaving finish guy, right? So he'd whack, 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 whack them all. Keeps, as long as he can keep hitting, he can keep hitting other people kind of thing. Right. And then for single attacks, I picked up the vital strike stuff. So when I switched to a single target, I could pour on some heavy damage. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, picked up the mythic power attack and was like, man, this thing just jacks me the heck up, you know? And then I looked at the mythic vitals and I was like, oh, dear God. Yeah. it's. A, I, it's... I don't even know how I'd calculate that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, seriously, I think I had to go looking online to have someone like explain it slowly, you know? Because it was just, to me, it was very confusing. And I could see how it was like a lot of dice. And I think also I was like, there's no way they meant it the way they wrote it. That can't be right. It, it turns it's, out it is, but yeah, you know. it, mythic levels are are just, oh. they're insane. Like, <laughs> for the record, I took mythic charisma. Fun. I as a fighter, I did not take any of the mythic strength. That I took mythic charisma. Fun. It it was fun. I the, the whole camp that whole campaign just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I had a I had a uh, uh, fourteen, thir- yeah fourteen charisma. Mm-hmm. And every time I did any, I didn't put a single rank in any charisma based skill, but I would make rolls all the time. And I go, Oh, I'm just using my raw charisma. Bam. Now to <laughs> encourage me, my dice always rolled high when I did this shenanigan. <laughs> it's the best kind of shenanigan. So, but yeah, yeah. Mythic is insane. Mythic's insane. Oh my God. Yep. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that when they get into like book six, like they start fighting a lot of, Maybe not a lot of, but like the the mini bosses and like the bigger bosses that they end up facing have like mythic levels, just to oh, show that'd be fun to mess with them. Yeah, yeah, just to show how much power these guys have. Oh yeah, oh, it's that it would be amazing. I it makes me wonder if Arasni has mythic levels. Absolutely. I mean, there's no way she doesn't. There's well, no she might way. not. She's a god. I mean, god levels might not be mythic levels, or you know whatever i mean because there's there's it's no an way. optional rule set yeah but if they're playing with the optional rule set y- you don't it her whole deal was to go up against him right like yeah she lost yeah, she, the first time she and did she get did, stomped did she get stomped or was she did she just lose the one fight because i don't do we know how many times she went up against him and i mean she obviously didn't win but no there was only one fight because she was uh geezed she was forced to to go kill him yeah I, I guess she didn't have the choice. Well, I th- I think she was she was under under the duress to go at him as quickly as possible. I think. Yeah, maybe. So it wasn't she didn't get to choose. She wasn't totally choosing the the details of that fight, or you know, most of them or whatever. I mean, she had to get him and get him now. Was I think what was going on? I mean, at least uh, from the flashbacks that we've seen, right? You know, and learning that Rossler's a big giant prick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Good lord, yeah. But I, I still think there's no way she, she doesn't have it. One or two mythic levels. It's certainly one of the best ways to give uh, somebody a god status and abilities, right? You know, if you're, you know, if you have that stuff. I mean, phew, there's all kinds of good shit in there that 
you know brings keeps them coming back. For that matter, um, uh, Grave Knights and the fact that they reform in twenty four hours—that's mm-hmm. a mythic power. Is it? Uh, it is one of the mythic powers you can have is that you come back in twenty four hours or something like that or a week or whatever. There's some sort of uh, mythic power that does that. I can't for the life of me remember the name, but I remember it's one of the things that you can get in the mythic. Hmm. That's and neat. I think the higher mythic levels you get, the faster it is. But you know yeah. that's that's a power that's on that power level. Maybe they already are fighting things with mythic levels. Then, well, you might have the mythic handbook toast, uh, Andy. Do I? Is that one of the ones I got, or was that one of the ones that was stolen? I do not know. <laughs> You'd have to look. I would have to go look. But yeah, wow, I'm blown away. Yeah, and and they still didn't find the stupid orb. Oh, I know. When they found the hidden latch so, in, in the throne, I'm like, okay, well, here it, sure. here, here it is. I thought for sure. Here it is. No. Nope. We've caught up. Yeah, no. No. Which means I think Zeno's the one that said, uh, well, you and Zeno were talking about last week how, you know, it's behind some mini boss or something. And all I can think is, oh, great, those unexplored sections. <laughs> God dang yeah. it. Yeah. It's got to be there. And I don't know if maybe. It's tucked in the back of a broom closet. <laughs> That or, you know, maybe one of the Grave Knights does have it. I don't know. That could be. I mean, again, I, I think that was something we discussed. They might have grabbed it figuring, hey, they'll come to me this way or something. Possibly. Well, only they didn't know that's what they were looking for. I mean, that was the yeah. that was the other piece. The Grave Knights don't know what they're looking for because every Grave Knight they've faced so far has, you know, gone down. Right. And hasn't had a chance to get out to communicate yeah. per se. So, I don't know. It, it feels like it would be hidden with one of them. Or, you know, taken by one of them. But, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make a lot of sense to do it that way. But he, they may just find, you know, coincidentally, and, like, ma- there's massive air quotes over that one, coincidentally in the same room as whatever last Grave Knight they have to fight is. Well, yeah, there it could be that. I mean, that <laughs> I would buy, right? Right. You, you fight the Grave Knight and then happen to find it in the room, and the Grave Knight's like, I didn't know you were looking for that, so whatever. Yeah. I mean that I could that I, this is it's a coincidence, a planned uh-huh. coincidence. But I mean it's believable, yeah. right? Because the grave so. knights are running around, and it's still we don't have any definitive. Are the grave knights there as allies, or the grave knights there as enemies, or just there and they're not associated? I mean we don't have any of that information still. Yeah, because we so far haven't caught them in the same place. We might, I'm trying to think, did we, when we, with the mothers of Ergothoa, did they? Daughters. Sorry, the daughters of Ergothoa. Did they indicate anything about them being, because were they with the Grave Knights? Yeah, they, they were with uh, the Hippogriff girl, or not Hippogriff, the Griffin girl. You're right. And then there were some other ones they found inside, right? Yeah, there was, there was a couple of When they came inside, there was a little shrine yep. that had been smashed up. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Okay, so. I take that back. I guess we do know they're not there as friends. Yeah. But that's a sort of a subtle catch. It hasn't, they have not really hammered that home at all. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I guess they're still going to be wandering around these complexes for, I don't know how many more episodes. At least a little while. Yeah. Ah, one or two more, I think. Oh. I mean, hopefully. Right. It won't be more than that. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, this has been a long slog down here. It's been a big dungeon. Yeah. A lot of a lot of beatings, a lot of hurt healing. It stinks. Yeah, but um, uh, I guess we'll just kind of. And with that putrid smell. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll figure out uh, what they're gonna do uh, next week. 
Okay, folks, this was such an exciting episode. Lady Toast and I went out and we begged, we pleaded, we, we stole. I don't remember we, stealing we anything. We actually called Michelle and made her twist Alex's arm <laughs> to get him on here. It is his birthday, after all. It is. It's his birthday, and we'll be singing just a little bit later. <laughs> but here it is, the big episode, the big interview. Let's talk to GM Alex. Uh, uh, I guess before we start, I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I'm glad Thank Michelle's you. doing better. And <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say on behalf of women everywhere, welcome to being past your prime. Oh man! Ooh. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I couldn't. I just. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let the opportunity go. Look, I, <laughs> I, 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 and toast. You just gave it to him. You just admitted that once a woman is oh, over shush, thirty-five, shush, quiet. She's past her prime. You just admitted that to him. I'm blanking out everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, you gave me editing powers. This is what we get. <laughs> Yes, no, uh, no. I, I I have taken a minus one penalty to all of my physical stats and gotten a plus one bonus to all my mental stats, as are the Pathfinder First Edition rules for humans at the age of 35. So yes, I am past my prime. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so I guess we should uh, we should talk about this episode, because uh, holy fuck, that was good. Oh, thank you very I, much. I was not I expecting the, say... the note. The... I was not expecting the voice. <laughs> I loved the voice. Oh my god! And I, big, big kudos to you on maintaining it as long as you did. That was just fantastic. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm really glad that the voice got as positive a reception that it did. As we were getting deeper and deeper into book four, it like kind of dawned on me, uh, probably much later than it should have. I have no idea what the whispering tyrant sounds like whether that's like you know canonical whispering tyrant as he would be known in pathfinder like in the inner sea or like how i even hear him speak in my own head i had no idea and it was very tempting as uh i think xeno brought up in uh your last episode mm -hmm. it would it would just like like give him this like gravelly voice uh, like maybe Mac can put it through like a filter or something and it just, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, big, scary, undead wizard. Like, yeah, easy. But the more I thought of it, uh, very, very quickly, I realized I didn't like that. It was too basic. It was too samey to so many other bad guy undead voices that I've done in this campaign alone. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. So yeah, I just started like I just kind of I didn't really know what I was looking for, and I just kind of started like playing with voices in my head, like turn them around in my hand, and like I I the voice I wound up with was kind of a combination of like Loki from the MCU, and I don't know how many dbz abridged fans there are out there <laughs> but the voice for frieza in that series specifically <laughs> um yes oh my god and then a little bit I, of <laughs> i'm sorry i liked i liked that series and it just hit me it's like oh yes <laughs> yep. that's what it is and then a little bit of maggie smith Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. Just a tiny little bit of that. Okay, so you're just throwing everything I like together. I <laughs> yeah. Him. I got him. I wanted him to be a likable guy. 
I I look, I adored the voice. Like when it first started in in the previous episode, I was in my car listening to it just howling with laughter because I loved it so much. I'm like this is amazing. And then the fact that you did it f- for like 40 minutes, like <laughs> nonstop just like in character, out of character, all of it was so good. It was it was definitely a lot of fun to be openly antagonistic to the players as the GM because that's usually <laughs> not my bag. Right. Like like yeah, I'll like I'll play it up like as a like but it's like all in good fun, but like to pretend that I am like actually actively rooting against them instead of it just being like a like a running gag was a really fun change of pace. Yeah. Uh, I I think it makes uh, Tarbafon really stand out as a bad guy. Oh it yeah, so I does. mean to be honest, I would be expecting other memorable bad guys you do in the future to have some sort of their own voice, and doing it like this occasionally is a really good way, I think, for you to get the bad guy out there and have the bad guy be vocally annoying. <laughs> yeah, and impart things like the arrogance or whatever that you want. And just piss off the players as you go, which, and it's way different than when you monologue. It's now, you know, I'm fighting you and I just, you know, I'm just, I flick you away, flick you away. I don't care. You're, you're useless. And I think it's a great thing. It's a great standout. Now, I couldn't take that for every fight. Oh, but sure. For, yeah. You know, for those standouts that the, or those ones that you really want to be memorable, or you're really into, I mean, whatever it was, like the masked uh, prisoner that came back. I mean, that would have been a neat one to do that way. Yeah. I, I realized he got wiped out super fast, but... That would have just made it that, even funnier. You know, that would be something else there. Yeah. Oh, that would make it even funnier, that intro and that splatter. But, yeah. <laughs> and maybe not for Alex. He gets a little bitter. No, I, I, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> no, not at all. And yeah, like, that was the other thing, is like, I... I wanted him to really make a, a a strong impression. I knew I didn't have a lot of time to do that. In very many fights, I'll after it fit, like the smoke will set, the the dust will clear, and like the bad guys vanquish. And I go, oh, he didn't say a word during that fight, and he should have. Like there were some really high stakes, and it was very personal in that fight, and it was just the entire fight. Like he didn't say anything because I was just so wrapped up in the actual the fights. Yeah, yeah, like I just forget to have them say anything on their turn. So that doing it this way, I knew that there is no that like that wasn't going to happen. Well, in in this way, even if you don't specifically say anything in character during the fight, mm-hmm. everybody's imagining and can see that this is what the players are getting. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, I think it really gives that feel. Yes. So like if you know what I'm saying, if you if you're wanting that. I think it's just a great tool that you came up with. Thank you. Because I hadn't thought of doing it that way ever before. And it also felt fitting for, it would be very fitting doing that with like like future baddies that I want to like give the same treatment to. But I feel like Tarbafon specifically deserves this treatment because for, especially when the PCs are still level 13, to have a brush up with a guy like Tarbafon feels like it's, the the power difference just breaks the meta and like mm-hmm. that just kind of felt like it's just like just to like illustrate just how powerful this guy is he's just gonna take over the the power of narration for a second he's just gonna <laughs> go full deadpool <laughs> like reach I, reach was... through the page kill the illustrator and take over the the, the narrative of everything oh. i it was it was genius absolute genius 
I loved it. And um, the the last thing I'll say on it is for how much I really like this campaign uh, and all the work that the various writers at Paizo do, uh, whether it's writing the the AP itself or designing the encounters or just writing, you know, like designing the characters themselves or personalities, I feel like they really fucked up with Tarbefon because he is so goddamn boring as written. Oh. He has one personality trait. Is he just a jackass or just... He has one personality trait. Mad. Everything in the AP that, like, describes Tarbafon's motivations, his actions behind the scenes, or just directly to the, the PCs, he's just shouting in rage. Like, that's all he ever fucking does. He has no pre-written lines to kind of flesh out what like how he might speak. It's just here, let me let me read you what it says for that encounter specifically. Ooh. The sovereign on the throne cackles at intruders and demands they explain why they have violated his domain, trying to coax any knowledge they may have to feed back to the true Tarbafon. He refuses to answer any questions, lashing out with impressive displays of evocation magic at any sign of impudence. The simulacrum directly attacks the PCs if they attack him or if they resist his questioning. So I, I guess that gives a little bit more credit than I've been suggesting, but like, that's it. Like, that's all it has to say about this encounter. Like, this is one of the most interesting and, like, oh shit encounters of the entire campaign. Yeah. No and shit. that's that's <laughs> all it has to say about what he does. And, like, at all these other times, it's just, okay, he's got two personality traits, mad and ego. Those, like, that's it. That's, that's all this guy is. And while I get those, I, I get why they would want him to be like that. Like, it's just so boring so i was like i'm just gonna make this dude just delighted to be here like that's what he's all about because he can do anything he wants he fancies himself a god so if he's here it's because he wants to be and he's gonna Mm -hmm. have a damn good time being here i i don't disagree with your interpretation at all all i'm gonna say lore wise Mm -hmm. in D &D lore D D, which in part is pathfinder lore But going back, most undead, as I recall, come back because of rage, anger, revenge. I mean, everything they do is kind of based on that whole mad... But not liches. ...personality trait. Oh, liches too. Liches do it on purpose. They do do it it on purpose, but you have to have a lot of, you know... Now, according to Pathfinder lore... To get it going. Oh, sure. To make it happen. You need to carry it through. And something has to power that. You know, desire. Yeah. It doesn't have to be and, anger, though. You yeah. Know. For for undead, it for me, it doesn't have to be. I'm just saying it's an easy one to tap. Uh, yeah. Right. And that's why he's saying it's boring. Yeah. It's it's very oh it's God. very samey. <laughs> like that's all I'm saying. Like yeah, he could just be this mad no, I, dude. I, but like I I hear what you're saying about the sameness of it, and I appreciate a hundred percent the spin that you put on it. I was just offering a slight defense of the designers in that that's kind of how they're painted. I mean, that's kind of the broad stroke that goes into, you know, the intelligent undead. I suppose, but they didn't even come close to doing that with Arasni. Like, I'm playing Arasni more or less as she's written. And they they knew better than just to make her this 
blind I rage think machine. They did make her kind of a blind rage machine. I mean, she is. If you look at her backstory, the the stuff that borders on Richter, Richter, you know, rape. If I look at stuff. if I look at her backstory, then, I'm just saying. Who 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 are we talking to right now? <laughs> I'm I'm talking to you, man. Yeah. And and the backstory I've got, I see a woman that has had her choices taken away from her, been forced to do things against her will. I yeah. I think it's a pretty classic. She has all the motivation in the world to be this blind rage machine. You're absolutely right about that. And yet, she's not. She has the capacity to rage. There's absolutely this, like... I think you're missing how hot she burns, my friend. I think she burns hot. I think she burns cold. She keeps keeps a lid on it. it. It can flare to the surface for sure. But, like, that's... I think that's where our interpretations differ, though. I don't disagree with how with how you're interpreting it, but for me, it's at least in first edition. Undead don't have constitution. Instead, their life force is derived from their charisma. That's force of personality, and that can be any shade you want to color it. Yeah, right. With the, with the Raz, I, I hear I just, that. I, I she seems to be this very cold calculating person like she can be uh, hospitable yeah, but I, guess, I but like i think that's a, a function of how angry she is i think she's been pushed past the the you know like you get mad and loud and stuff like that she's gone past mad and loud okay so she's, she's gone past that's my secret mad and i'm, gonna, I'm always angry i'm gonna get you somewhere there i think it's gone way past even that Okay, so she's the Count of Monte Cristo. That's where I'd put it. I mean, there's that 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 you can't separate her. I think from her rage, the fact that you don't notice her rage, that it's so integral to her. That's I think what makes it her even more terrifying. I mean, this isn't. It's just it's never gone. I mean, you know, like the Hulk. The secret is I'm always angry. Yeah, I I I can't say I really agree with that, but. I think that it's a perfectly valid interpretation. I think it's allowed to be and is a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I don't think angry, yes, but ah, there's so much more that I think I, is there. I think I think the the right word is just emotion. Undead is emotion. Whether mm-hmm. like I think the the spiritualist uh, does a really like even though the phantom of a spiritualist is an undead i think they do a great job of like kind of putting that spectrum there like which emotional focus is your phantom any of those emotional foci make great reasons for an undead to exist anger dedication uh, fear despair sadness passion all of those are valid reasons for a ghost to exist for a haunt to exist yeah, I've got a couple, and I'm sure my players are listening to this, uh, a couple of haunts coming up in the final book for Jade Regent that it's all despair. Like, that's what their, their thing nice. is. Yeah. Haunts in final books are no joke. <laughs> yep. They don't give you any room for error. Oh, yeah. I, I believe I, just... I believe I've got a few haunts in book six that are definitely in that uh in that ballpark yeah i i can't believe that this is is literally only book four and the last thing i expected inside gallowspire was tarbathon or or even anything like this like i didn't expect him to be here i didn't expect him to to have left anything behind that he would have remotely cared about yeah i agree i think that the i think the writers were banking on that i think that's what mm-hmm. makes this such an unexpected oh shit encounter oh yeah even absolutely <laughs> any second that the players are given to think they're going to be like wait no this, there's no way this is the real guy mm-hmm. and they're right 
But even just to have that that one moment of like, and there's Tarbeth on. Yeah, it, it was a really cool uh, idea to put him in there. And I really like that it's not, while it's not really him, it's not not him. Right. So I really, because it's a simulacrum. So I really liked that they, they took that angle. Like it wasn't just, you know, some minion pretending to be him. Like that is Tarbath on. And it also acts as like a really cool kind of metric. All right. So like we've been building this guy up to probably be the end boss of this campaign. Right. This was him at, you know, half, half power. Hell. Half power. Half. Oh, yep. my God. Half. Which, which, I well, mean, if, they're, if he's, he's got to be CR 25, 26 by the end of the book. It's got to be an insane, insane on, CR for that. On, well, you, Toast was quick to note that there's a mythic power associated oh. with the throne. Oh, yes. Yes. I noted that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think he's going to be... It is no secret. That I have no bigger. problem telling you that Tarbafon has mythic tears. It is, well, we were guessing so that good. already. Yes. Yeah. I love the confirmation, but oh. we were guessing that already. Yeah, That's so good. And and I would... And I, did he... I know his weaponry, his arsenal has gone up since visiting your house. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing those as magic items in game designed by you reached because through the veil that's what you promised there buddy i did not promise that you are you said they were circling his head like ion stones and you could not keep them they walked out of your house yes when he reached through the page and took advantage of the game master being absent and came in there that you opened the story, brother. You did it. I I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I I, I I'm still just w- wouldn't say that I made a promise that they're going to be a magic item in the game. I think you just did that. Uh, I have the thing the the Discord uh, text where you said they were circling his head like ion stones as he left. Yeah. Do you have the text where I so, said and now they're going to be magic items that the players can find in the game? Well, how could they not be? <laughs> He went back into the game, unless you're saying Tarbafon is not actually in Galarian anymore in your version. Of I it. have no fucking clue where that guy went. He could be anywhere. Wait. Right, right. And nope. if he yeah, ends anywhere. up in book six as oh. the bad guy, <laughs> I was then he better have those voice. goddamn ion stones, uh, power dice ion stones, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. He better have them. You know what he probably, All seven of you them. You know what he probably did with them? He probably looked at them and said, "He probably threw them, and skipped them as ro- uh, cross pawns." Yeah, yeah. After he took, if them. he yeah. if he yeah. deposited them in some like Swiss bank before going back into Pathfinder, I can't control that. Oh, the dirty, dirty coming from the game master. <laughs> no, this is fucking brilliant. I love it. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, it's amazing. I this this episode and I, there's a, there's been another one in this book have reminded me just why i love this podcast so much because it's it's not like some of the other podcasts where there's some there's story and there's you know they do the mechanics or whatever and it's funny but just the personality of the of all of you guys on here is just ah it's it's my favorite i i don't i listen to other podcasts but i will always come back to this one thank you i could venture a guess that the other episode you're trying to think of is when thalias came back to life yes that was that was it because that was that was that was one of those moments where the shenanigans of the story and the shenanigans of the players were just so over the top that you know they come right back around to just oh yeah perfect thank you and 
And and by the way, you anytime Tholias casts Mirror Image now, he it can't be called Mirror Image. It has to be more more Randolphs or whatever we said in the episode. And more Randolphs. Yeah. <laughs> Randolphception? Yeah, something like that. It was like a, um I don't remember. I'm having too much I, fun. I'm pretty sure we called Mirror Image and more Randolphs was what we were using <laughs> to describe that. Yeah. Was it 1D4 plus 4 Randolphs? <laughs> They're not mirrors anymore. <laughs> They're not mirrors. Exactly. But only for him. <laughs> I think we covered the the thing that I thought was most important, which was the voice and kind of why you did it. Yeah. I'm just really, really hoping. I have this thing in my head where every so often he takes over as like the intro just to let <laughs> the players know, hey, I'm still here and I'm watching. Hey, just pieces out. Uh, yeah. Or like the uh, the recaps. <laughs> here's what the players did. Here's how badly they're failing. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's awesome. I just I hope you use him in, in, in creative ways like that because that would just make my it just make me so happy. You don't have to. Obviously yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to direct your whatever you want to do with it. I just Yeah, that's Rector's oh. job. <laughs> I hey, I never direct you. I just present wonderful ideas and you know you're inspired to use them you know have you, you got have you guys watched knocked up yes it's an oldie but a goodie in the beginning please of the movie that way please don't say it that way because i saw that in theaters <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry uh but in the beginning of the movie when the i don't remember anybody's names but the the, the female lead she like gets that promotion as like uh like a host on like it's not like tmz but like whatever like like news interview show that she's part of mm-hmm. they're like yeah and you get a free gym membership she's like oh do i have to lose weight and they're like we can't tell you to lose weight but just you just you know step on a scale and you know whatever whatever it says like just make it say like you know the, a number that's 10 less than that it's <laughs> we can't tell you to lose weight that's that's what richter was just sounded like just now <laughs> Wow. I don't direct Alex. I just give him really good ideas that he'd be fucking stupid to not use. <laughs> hey, I didn't say you'd be fucking stupid to not use it. I said that you are inspired to use Yes. Thank you for direct- staying on brand. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we let you go and, and take care of Michelle and have cheesecake? Cheesecake. Thank you very much for your time this yes, evening. Thank you. And I hope both was- of you feel better. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And that does it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lord Richter. And I'm Lady Toast. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh my god, sorry. My there she's one of my tabs just started playing music from an ad and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> he There you go. Talk and smack about Tar Baffon after he's been at yeah, your computer. Jesus Christ. He, and yeah. boom. I know. And that does it for the us. Ah, bleh, bleh, bleh. Never mind. Wait on hold on that. God bless America. <laughs>